Hi, this is Kurt Snyder from NewarkAdvocate.com, and I'm welcoming you back welcoming you back to the Advocates Licking County Sports Podcast. And uh, this week, uh, we continue on with uh, some of our Advocate alumni, uh, and today we have uh, Romando Dixon, who uh, Romando was one of the uh, sports writers when I first started at the Advocate in 2005. And uh, Romando, you know, we, we were only worked together for about 10 months, but I feel like we crammed about maybe five or six or 10 years into that 10 months. And it really does seem hard to believe. I know it's cliche, but that it's been 15 years. Uh, so, so how are you doing right now, Armando? I'm doing pretty well, Kurt. Thanks for having me on. You're right. We crammed a lot into 10 months. Um, a lot of long nights and good times with you, Bill Bender, Ross Bischoff, um, and uh, a few other guys, Shy Passion. Um, on that desk, and uh, you know, just a bunch of young guys now. And, no doubt. And, uh, you know, since you've been gone from the advocate, uh, you, you've worked in a few different places. And, you know, something that I've admired is your versatility You're, as a reporter, especially a writer, you know, as far as a journalist. Uh, you, you went to Asheville, North Carolina, and you started with high school sports because that's what you had done at the advocate. But I knew, know you did a variety of jobs there. Uh, you're Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, you know, and I think what did the cops and crimes, which is something that me as a sports writer and about 98% of sports writers absolutely hate doing. And then now you're back in sports in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So tell me about, you know, kind of that journey. Yeah, you know, it's been a lot of twists and turns and uh, some of the things I didn't ask for and some of the things I did ask for. Um, but, you know, in this business, you're in it because you love it, you know, and you like to be in the know and provide people news. But, you know, once I left the Advocate, I went to the Asheville Citizen Times, which is another Gannett paper, and I covered high school sports there for a few years. And um, I just really, you know, um, just there in both newsrooms, just, just such talented I think uh, everyone knows that Bill Bender is with the Sporting News now. Yeah. And um, I know that you've become kind of an authority or the authority on Licking County Sports. And, you know, again, if somebody would have told me that in 2005, um, just because, you know, I never thought that. You know, I never thought that, you know, you never know anyone's past, but I just felt like you were going to there for a couple of years and then you know move on to somewhere else <laughs> yeah yeah didn't we don't we all think that when we're young <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and so i was in Asheville for eight years and uh to be honest with you i thought that i would, would only have been there for you know four or five years but you know i think everybody knows the newspaper business has been kind of rough uh, I think starting around 2006 and certainly around 2011, things got really tough in the business as far as, um, you know, shrinking newsrooms and things like that. But um, I was able, I actually, I mentioned like some things happened to me that I didn't necessarily want. Um, I didn't want to get out of sports initially, but um, that's what happened. And uh, I was still at that same newspaper doing like multimedia stuff. You know, that's one of the ways that, you know, the game changed. Yep. You need to do podcasts. Uh, you need to do video. And I think that I was selected because I was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, 
allergy. Um, and so we went through a couple of like major layoffs in the in the eight years I was there. And I think you know, I think I was basically able to hold on because I was uh, cheap. And I was a nice guy for the most part. <laughs> well, we, we know you're a nice guy. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned about the multimedia. You know, at The Advocate, we started, uh, you know, doing a lot more video highlights. You know, we've done video over the years, a variety of things. But especially with the iPhones, uh, we got those in 2012. And, you know, both my colleague Dave Whiting and I uh, do a lot. And we enjoy doing highlights. And doing video is something that really wasn't even on the radar, say, when we were working in 2005 together. No, not at all. That's one of the biggest things. They probably exploded uh, in around 2010 or 11 in our company, 2012. You know, everybody got training for it. Um, and I was actually working with, uh, you know, you know, people got training on iPhones to do video. And, you know, you can start with good, good video with that. And I was doing, like, I had real camera equipment. Yeah. So, like, I was back in college at the uh, college newspaper <laughs> or TV station, uh, learning some of this stuff or just redoing it. Uh, but when I was in Astro, I did that for a bit. And then I got into the breaking news and crime uh, for another iteration of the newsroom. And I actually started to kind of get into that and like it um, a pretty good deal. Um, and, you know, did some things when people would say, oh, you're really good at this. Uh, I thought they were gassing me up. Because they just have to do it. <laughs> That's uh, it's hard when every story you write is about some about negative, whether it's somebody unfortunately dying, somebody going to jail. I mean, even if you're a, a you know reporter, this is quote unquote what we do, but it it, it is a mental drag. digital media, which is obviously a big part of the job now that's, that's certainly changed. Yeah, so I was 
So uh, while I was doing that, I got, this was now, we're in 2017 now, and I got my first uh, opportunity to get into management. And, you know, I jumped at that and I was doing, uh, I guess I was kind of the breaking news and public safety editor, but, you know, I supervised people who were, uh, in addition to covering crime and breaking news, uh, entertainment, religion, uh, education, you know, it's a little bit of everything, and that's a totally different experience than uh, working at that level of it and being involved in the planning and stuff like that. And then from that opportunity, I said, oh, uh, and it's still, you still get involved in a lot of that breaking news stuff and being right there, and you just, you know, it's a lot of, it can be a drag sometimes. You, you never get away from it when you're the editor because you're not talking to the people directly, but you're still reading the stories and you're still, uh, you know, overseeing it at such a close level. Yeah. So, um, I, and I could probably still done it for more time and, you know, still be in it. It was, that wasn't like didn't totally wear on me, but certainly there were some, some tragic stories uh, coming out of Greenville, South Carolina. But, you know, I'm hearing, Jackson, Mississippi, as the force editor of the Clarion Ledger, um, partially because my mother moved down here a decade ago. Um, and this was an opportunity to, again, uh, get back into sports, you know, get a promotion and be closer to my mom. Uh, so I took that opportunity and I don't know how long I'll be here, but it just seemed like, you know, something that came along that there was no reason to say no to. At that moment in time. Yep. Well, so kind of, well I was going to say family, day. family first. Uh, you know, and that's great. You're able to kind of be a lot closer, which obviously uh, in your career is kind of you know taking you more away from where you're where you're from. But um, you know, that's a big thing for me. You know, being here, like you mentioned, you know, not knowing how long I was going to be in, in Newark. But you know, yeah, there were some economic situations, but you know, just still being close to people in Ohio, having family around this area and being a couple hours away, you know, in any moment really makes a big difference. Yeah, you know, we're Facebook friends and I just saw that you were able to have a social distancing lunch or uh, with your parents uh, in the parking lot of a, a Wendy's and separate cars. And, you know, that stuff is, that stuff is nice. As you get older, you appreciate that kind of thing more often and uh my best memories in the 10 months that i've been here have been the opportunity to uh go shopping with my mother on christmas eve uh spend time with her on christmas day um go see her you know uh, immediately after the egg roll which is on thanksgiving yeah um and being really close for her birthday which is in january so those type of things if i'm in south carolina or ohio or uh back in Detroit where I'm from, you know, those things are a little bit tougher to come by, um, especially in the sports world where everything is like happening in the PM and <laughs> at night and things like that. You have to, you know, kind of be engaged. Yep. Uh, we missed, uh, we've missed many holidays, weekends because we've been covering sports. But uh, before we talk about the advocate real quick, you are in Mississippi. You referred to the Egg Bowl, the big game between Mississippi and Mississippi State. And earlier this winter, you were for a few weeks at the uh, center of the college football world uh, as the coaching carousel uh, definitely had some fun stops there in uh, your state. Yeah, you know, uh, we kind of saw that Ole Miss was 
going to have a change. That was not a big surprise given their trajectory. Um, but little did we know that would uh, end up with Lane Kiffin back in um, December. And again, uh, people again descended on Mississippi. Everybody wants to get a piece of Lane Kiffin and write about Lane Kiffin. And then when I thought we were done, the coaching carousel should have been over. You know, right? It's after bowl season. Yeah. Certainly that was he thinking this year. <laughs> because uh, after just two seasons, Mississippi State let go of Joe Moorhead, who was the uh, offensive coordinator at Penn State. And they lure Mike Leach from uh, the West Coast all the way down into the deep south. And so that has been uh, a very interesting time and a lot of excitement here in Mississippi. Uh, throughout the state, that those two teams are basically the pro sports team of the state. Yeah, and it, it'll be some fun stuff to, to write about. And obviously, uh, you know, as we've already seen with Coach Leach, uh, there'll definitely always be a breaking news. There's always that time as a sports editor when you're going to be uh, texting your sports writers at weird hours of the day saying, did you see this tweet? Uh, you've already seen that here in these few short months. But, uh, you know, tweeting, that was something we did not have in 2005 at The Advocate. But uh, we were doing updates. We were keeping each other updated. We we're keeping the newsroom updated. and. You know, one of the things I've been talking to a lot of alumni, quote unquote, advocate alumni about is, you know, a lot of them were from this area. We're from central Ohio. Maybe they worked in a few other local newspapers. You came from Detroit. You were a Michigan State grad coming down to Newark, Ohio. What did you know about Newark beforehand? And then in your few years in Newark, what was that like? Um, I didn't know anything about Newark, Ohio. My uh, first internship out of college at the Columbus Dispatch, and that kind of uh, opened me up to, you know, living in Ohio. That was a pretty good experience, living in Columbus, obviously. And as everyone who's listening knows, uh, Columbus and Newark are totally different. Uh, there are more people enrolled at Michigan State as students than there were in the city of Newark, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a, a social adjustment for me. Um, I thought that people in Newark were always really kind, though. I appreciated um, the time, obviously, I spent in the newsroom. But going out and covering the community, um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, we had fine memories in the newsroom. Uh, you know, obviously, me and you keep in contact. Um, I was in Bill Bender's wedding. Um, and, you know, we all have a chat here and, here and there. But um, my impressions of Newark and the sports community were uh, all positive. You know, I enjoyed covering uh, Newark Catholic, Newark High, Lincoln Valley, uh, Granville, Johnstown, um, always some uh, fine sports memories and the personalities behind those teams when I was there. Uh, so, you know, although, you know, the time was short, two and a half years, I was uh, always grateful for my time there and the friendships I built um, and the people who helped me learn about the area. You know, that's so important to have, you know, uh, Ross Bischoff around and uh, Jay Hansen around. And um, then, you know, Bill came along, then you came along. You guys had all this institutional knowledge where I was constantly learning, even toward the latter stages that I was there. So I um, know it's nothing but good memories there from a professional standpoint. When I thought of you uh, earlier this winter, 
because Heath uh, boys basketball, they ended up having an undebeaten regular season. And one of the big wins was Heath beat Granville. They actually beat them twice because they beat them again in the tournament. But they won at Granville in a very close game. Uh, they blocked a shot you know, right before the buzzer. And uh, Heath's coach, of course, now is Devin Falk, who was a star-looking Valley athlete when you were uh, at the Advocate. And Devin referenced not only uh, a buzzer-beating loss at Granville in basketball, but obviously also a a legendary uh, football game that unfortunately for Valley was they were on the wrong side of for Granville back then. So I remember hearing those stories. So it's always fun to kind of look in the archives about some of those matchups when, uh, you know, the Valley-Granville rivalry was just heating up. Yeah, uh, man, that's a blast from the past right there, Devin Falk. He was an outstanding quarterback for Lickin' Valley, um, and he was also uh, just a top-notch basketball player. Um, and he, you know, I vividly remember that uh, Lickin' Valley and Granville game where they lost on the bus to beaters, 35-footer or something. I mean, it was a three-pointer from uh, John James. And I don't know how I still recall those things, but I was there in person for it, and there was a lot of controversy. Every time Lincoln Valley and Granville linked up and Granville won, it just seemed to be just a lot of controversy. Uh, the football game, certainly. Uh, Kyle Decker uh, was the quarterback for uh, Granville. And I actually, I don't think I, for the game where Greenville, or Granville, I'm sorry, uh, won in football, I wasn't quite there yet. I came here right at the end or something like that after it. And, uh, but, yeah, intense rivalry and again, like, you know, you know you're old and the guys who are star basketball players are uh, now star coaches. No doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, Devin's had a, uh, a really good career and has been great to work with and I, I came right after he graduated. His brother was still playing when I started and uh, from what I know is he was as you know, gracious as a uh, high school athlete with the media as he is now. So he's definitely, uh, we're biased. We, we're not supposed to be biased, but he's uh, definitely one of our favorites still. Uh, you know, one of the other great memories from, you know, when I was there uh, near the end of your time at, at The Advocate was certainly uh, your work with the Lakewood baseball team and covering Coach Thorpe. Uh, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, we're not, you know, we're not going to have a spring sports season. They uh, announced that earlier this month. And uh, Coach Thorpe is actually nearing 1,000 career wins. And, you know, he, he won the state title there in 2005. And uh, you're right there at Cooper Stadium covering that. And uh, certainly I know he enjoyed uh, your coverage of that for The Advocate. Oh, man. Uh, talk about memories. That's another one. And maybe uh, my fondest memories of being there, uh, right up there for sure. Uh, I'll just never forget, you know, them winning on a walk-off home run the Wednesday, and, you know, the story did not stop there. Uh, I think, you know, I followed them back to town, and they got the ride through. Uh, they got the ride through the town on a uh, fire truck, and uh, Coach Thorpe is as giddy as I've ever seen him, and uh, he was, I, I don't think I've ever seen a happier man. And I saw Coach Thorpe when that uh, home run went out of the stadium. And then just even in the hours afterwards, felt so good for him to win state. And those players, they just had an unbelievable team. Um, and Chris Hofer would be a name that was out there. Um, 
I know another pitcher. Yeah, Andrew Ford. Andrew Ford was the one who pitched the state final. Uh, yeah, he and Hofer yeah. were uh, the one-two punch on the mound. Yes, sir. That was just an outstanding team. And, uh, it was, you know, in this business, you know, uh, it, there aren't as many state championships as you think there are, you know. And uh, certainly that was something that I, I'll, I'll never forget. And I, I still have the newspaper somewhere. Um, you know, my collection of things, I, I've got that um, somewhere tucked away in a chest or something or a, a, a bin. And I think, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, one of the best memories that I can recall. Um, and I can still see the faces from that day and, and that state title. Well, and during your time, uh, baseball you know, was really just revving up. I mean, we've had a great sports run in the springs, especially here recently in Looking County. And, you know, Newark Catholic was in the midst of a run of three straight uh, state baseball titles. Of course, uh, you know, they had some great pitchers with uh, Biddle and Doug Stevens. And, uh, you know, again, again, all around great teams and guys that went on to play in a variety of sports in college. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, and then in the football uh, you covered uh, Newark, uh, an OCC uh, championship, and also a uh, playoff appearance, which you know we know how those are cherished uh, in the history of the Wildcats. Oh man, uh, talk about uh, Newark Catholic baseball first. Yes, I remember they had their uh, three straight uh, state titles, but I also remember, and this is like part of the relationships of it all. Uh, once I heard about them winning. One after I left, I called Coach Canizero um, and left a message for him just to congratulate him. And um, it was certainly he was surprised to hear my voice, and, you know. Uh, but I just, you know, you build such a good relationship with people, and he was such a good quote, and always uh, very helpful in getting to know um, his kids and things like that. That I just, you know, I had a moment where I was free, and I just wanted to reach out to him and. Uh, he certainly appreciated that and made me feel even better about doing it. Yeah, they, they ended up winning four or five. You know, they, they their streak was ended in 2005, but then they won again in 2006. So, uh, and certainly they've had a long run of dominance, but that, that might be right there, their uh, their best stretch, though I'm sure people in other eras would, would argue. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I think I'm still friends on Facebook with Judge Stevens who, uh, you know, was uh, part of some really great football teams and baseball teams um, from that time, uh, 14, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as far as newer football, oh, man, that was, uh, that was a, a heck of a run that they had that year. They had some uh, real, real talent on that team. Uh, I remember like, Kendall Stinson. Uh, running back, and then uh, the quarterback. I can see his face right now. Uh, his name is Aaron Huffman. Aaron Huffman, yeah, yeah. I the first name was <laughs> but yeah, he was the uh, all-time great at Newark, um, and uh, it was uh, really nice for them to make the playoffs uh, that year. And you know, it was kind of. I had to work my way up to covering uh, Newark High. Every time I got there, I wouldn't have been able to cover uh, Newark High. But uh, it was fun to do that um, for, for for that season, for sure. And 
the other thing I remember about uh, your work, maybe just as much as that time, was the basketball team was kind of laying the foundation for what would eventually become a, a state championship group. Yeah, yeah. Group. You know, our uh, a talk with uh, Dave Papura here on this podcast, you know, giving him a uh, a little bit of a hard time because he left, you know, the the a half season, you know, basically six months before Newark state title. And uh, you left a couple years before that. To, you guys didn't get to quite see it to fruition. Like I was fortunate to see, but, but certainly uh, the great uh, dynasty that Newark boys basketball has always had. And, uh, you know, certainly back then, you know, they were maybe a little bit under the radar uh, with some of the outstanding. Uh, I think they had a, a, no, they had a big district championship before I got here where people, kind of counted them out because of injuries. And, you know, certainly uh, it was right at the beginning of what has been an outstanding coaching career for Coach Quackenbush. Oh, man, uh, Coach Quackenbush, uh, uh, great career. Still an outstanding basketball player. I remember getting together at Newark High with Quack and some other guys from the Newark community. And Quack would come in there and shoot the lights out, dominate. Um, and again, that was just one of those things where I covered the community for a little bit, and people, uh, for whatever reason, were nice to me. I guess they're nationally nice, but you know, they invited me to a uh, you know basketball session. And I was a horrible basketball player, <laughs> but it was good, nice to be involved with some guys who uh, followed the program and had been in the community for a while. And so, uh, again, I was one of those things from afar. I was really happy to see. Quack, get a uh, state title. Well, in about five years, uh, his uh, son and daughter will both be in high school, and they will uh, they will be outstanding players. If if just by what I watch uh, before games and at halftime, uh, as they're out shooting around with the high school kids, uh, you know they can uh, shoot and handle the ball with the best of them for uh, for being basically fifth, sixth grade kids right now. So it'll be fun to watch, and the Quackenbush name isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So. Uh, I, I do. We'll let you go here soon. We really appreciate you uh, checking in, Romando. It's always great to to talk and chat and these memories. I do have to ask, since we did start, you know, mentioning about you uh, being in Mississippi right now, you know, Big Ten, SEC, all those debates. Uh, obviously, college football is big down there, and you know, with the coronavirus, uh, you know, right now in late April, kind of what do you see and um, you know, hopefully in the fall, I mean, you know, college football is so much more than just a, uh, four quarter game, you know, especially down there, the tailgate is huge and, you know, everything, the pop and circumstance around that. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of people who are really concerned about the impact that the coronavirus and, um, it will have on college football season and whether things will start on time, um, you know, just lots of concern, like you said, just big care country, SEC country all around. Um, I, you know, I, I really think it's one of those times where, you know, it isn't in the football coaches' uh, hands, you know. Uh, it's going to be tough to get started when you don't have kids on campus if that's the case. So uh, I think that's a big indicator. You know, if kids are on campus for classes, then you know, I, there's a chance you can, you can play the games, whether it's fans or not. But if there are no kids on campus for classes, if it's not safe to do that, then it's not safe to put the athletes out there on the field. So, yep, um, we, I, we, we've heard that with the high schools. You know, no school and no means no sports. And uh, certainly that is the safety. I mean, we all love to watch the games, but 
you know, they aren't here just to, just to provide entertainment for us. You know, they have to be safe as well. And, uh, you know, certainly that's what we hope for. I, you know, I would don't really want to see fanless games just because I know what, you know, fans and bands and, you know, students and everything else adds to the atmosphere. Uh, that's a little different than just watching on TV at home is, you know, even though we have nice TVs and we have nice homes to be able to, to watch these games, there is something about being able to be there and be for the atmosphere. So We'll keep our fingers crossed. There's still a long way yet before uh, before fall, and hopefully this summer we see a lot of, a lot of positive uh, things here with everything that's going on. But you know that was one reason why I wanted to start these podcasts is it gives somebody gives a little escape for us to kind of talk about some of the great memories and things about Licking County that either people might have forgotten or you know kind of dust off some of those things just like in a in an old uh, old box with the old newspaper articles that maybe we haven't looked at for a few years. So. Thanks again, Armando. I'll wrap up here and, uh, you know, we'll continue uh, looking back with some of our uh, former advocate alumni here on the Advocate Looking County Sports Podcast as we go out, go through the spring and uh, look forward to a better days ahead. So thanks a lot, Armando. You have a good day. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.